Bless you. I've been um, for quite a while um, teaching and ministering and preaching on Holy Spirit and you know even longer about the church in general, especially in this country, in need of a revival, a spiritual revival. Um, before, I, I just want to, I know that what I'm going to teach you today or, or some of the things I'm going to bring to you are, are pretty rudimentary, pretty basic, but I want to make sure that we all fundamentally under, have this understanding, okay? So now, f- uh, about the Holy Spirit, Father, in Jesus' name, I, I know that you've ministered to me this word over a week ago, so I know, Lord, because you occupy eternity, past, present, and future simultaneously, that you knew exactly who would be here. So, Lord, I pray that you would anoint me, that I may deliver this exactly the way you intended for it to be delivered. Father, bless us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the Holy Spirit, he first, and in no order of importance here, the Holy Spirit reveals and teaches us God's will. Say, well, the Word of God. Yes, but we don't even know the Word of God. We can't even understand the Word of God without the Holy Spirit. And, and proof of this is John 14, 26, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Obviously, this is D- uh, Jesus teaching this. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. So the Word of God, the Word that was taught by Jesus, was gonna, he was saying that you need the Holy Spirit in order for you to remember it and in order for you to understand what I've taught you. 1 John 2.27 says, But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you not need any man to teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is true and is no lie, even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him." The anointing, which is significant of the Holy Spirit, this anointing, this, this blessing from the Holy Spirit, this is what abides you, abiding in you is what teaches you and what gives you, gives you the understanding of the Word. John 16, 12, and 13 says, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Albeit when the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, is come, he will guide you in all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. Are you, are, is this tracking with you? 1 Corinthians 2, 9 in the first part of 10. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them who love him. But God has revealed it to them or to us by his Spirit. Amen? Amen. By the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit reveals and teaches us God's will. The Holy Spirit confirms God's word and promises in us. 2 Corinthians 1, 20, 22 through 22. For the promises of God in him, Jesus, are yes and amen unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establish, establishes us with you in Christ and he has anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given us the earnestness of the Spirit in our hearts. So you have been sealed and you have guaranteed the promises by the Holy Spirit in your hearts. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. 
In Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after also that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Again, the Holy Spirit in you, in us, proving to us or bringing to us absolute without any... We had this hope. Remember the, the ministry that... Uh, this the the that message to me, it still resonates. I hope it does with you as well. We have hope. No matter how bad things are, no matter how uh, you know, unfortunate uh, circumstances we may be in the middle of, we have this hope in us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in us. Making us realize that the promises of God are yes and amen. It doesn't matter what we may be experiencing in the moment, but God has these promises and the Holy Spirit brings them to our remembrance and he, he allows us to really experience that. See, this is what I'm struggling with this morning, church, because I've been telling you, and I still, without any doubt, the problem is spiritually. These things are experienced only spiritually, but we're looking for things in the senses. So it's made it real easy for us to be fooled or led astray. And so that's why, you know, this kind of message, or that's why I struggle. I don't want to, I want to make sure that you're, you're hearing it. Holy Spirit, lead God and direct me. My brothers and sisters, these things are spiritually ascertained. You have to, you, this is spiritual. So if you're trying to figure it out in your mind, if you're trying to experience it in your senses, you're going to miss out. So when the Holy Spirit ministers to me on the inside, he bears witness, number one, with my spirit that I am a child of God. And number two, that the promises of God are yes and amen. I've already received them, amen? Even though I don't see them yet. We walk by and not by sight or not by the senses. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, also empowers us to do things outside of our own abilities. Luke 4, 13 and 14. When the devil had ended all the temptations of Jesus when he was in the wilderness, Jesus departed from him for a... Or, uh, I'm sorry, Satan departed from him for a season, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. There was a power, there was an anointing that, that Jesus received because of what he did when he was in the wilderness, obeying the word of God. And there went out from the fame about him went through the whole region. The fame because of all of these signs and wonders, all of the miraculous things and the authority that he spoke, that he preached and taught with. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both unto, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You need power in order to be my witnesses. I'm going to empower you. The Holy Spirit is going to empower you to be my witness. You see that? Okay, uh, Acts 10.38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So the Holy Spirit in Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God, fully God, was that which allowed Jesus to do those healing, to the miracles and the signs and wonders were done by the power that was placed in him by Holy Ghost with Holy Ghost, in concert with all three. Amen? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But, the whole, but you notice the emphasis on the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, just as much God as the Father and the Son. His, His presence, it's His power working through us. It's His power that, that takes us and brings us to places that we can't go. It's His power that allows us... Let me just... Listen... If you go back, I don't want to go there because we won't have time. But just think about this. Remember Samson. 
Well, the power was in his long hair. Well, no, it really wasn't in his long hair. Because if you, uh, if you read, as you read, for example, when he made that riddle at his wedding, and he made that riddle, and the bet was for 30 changes of clothing, right? Whatever it was. And so now what happened was, listen, though his enemies, the Philistines, they went ahead and they, they messed with him. They got his wife to tell him what the riddle was to give them the answer, and he, when he figured it out. But when he figured it out, here's what it says. If you read that, it says that the Spirit of God, this is in Judges, so test me out later, the Spirit of God came upon him, and he had this supernatural strength to go ahead and provide those 30 changes of clothing by him, he himself, taking on these Philistines by himself. See, look, it's the supernatural. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do things that we couldn't do. How about Saul? Remember King Saul, the one who actually, you know, he, he lost out with God because he couldn't obey God. But that was, God gave him every opportunity. Because remember, when Samuel, when Samuel and Saul first met, right, God spoke to Samuel and he said, tomorrow you're going to see the guy. I've heard the cry of my people and tomorrow you're going to see the guy. And so when, God, when Samuel saw Saul, because Saul was out looking for his father's donkeys, remember? When Samuel saw Saul, God said, that's the one. So Samuel um, ministered to him. He gave him the word of God. And he told him, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go to this place and you're going to see the prophets. And when you see those, and, and exactly what Samuel said is exactly what happened. But here's what it says. That when Saul walked away from Samuel and he was following what Samuel told him to do, God put a new heart in him. God changed him. That's what it says. Now when Saul did exactly what Samuel did and he came upon these prophets, the Spirit of God came on Saul and he began to prophesy. He prophesied because the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, came upon him, gave him an ability that he did not have. He had a supernatural ability because it was given to him by Holy Spirit. So are you with me now? Right? So, and the Bible tells us very clearly that those things that have happened in the Old Testament happen for our example. Well, that was Old Testament. So how much all the more should it happen when Jesus says that his Holy Spirit is going to come and reside in you? How much more of an opportunity we have when Jesus says things like this? Don't marvel at these things that I'm doing. These things you'll do in greater things. So how much more assured should we be that we're going to be able to do, the Holy Spirit is going to empower us, or the Holy Spirit himself is going to do some marvelous things that are beyond our human ability to do supernatural things through us. He said it would happen. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad. Many of you can testify, as I said when I was praying earlier, that God has done things in your life. I, uh, there, there are people in that my son was supernaturally healed. You know, I've got healthy children, and I give God the glory for that. Why? Man, praying mama and daddy. Does that mean that if you don't have a healthy, if something's unhealthy, you know, you're, you're missing the boat? No, pray harder. <laughs> but I'm so thankful for the good things that I have, and I don't take them for granted, and, and I know some of you don't either. Man, we give the credit to God and to the power of God working through us. And when, see, I think that's what happens and that's what happens in the church. We get a little bit relaxed because we're comfortable and we have some things you see. So we stop depending on God. And so we don't look for the supernatural things until it's absolutely too late. There's nothing left to do. There's no hope. And then we don't have anything left to do except go to God. And then hoping that he's going to go ahead and hear me. 
No, man, that, that's not how it goes. Are you with me? Okay, Acts 6, 8 says this, Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. I like using Stephen because Stephen wasn't one of the apostles. He was just a disciple who later became a deacon, but he was a man who was sold out to God. He trusted God. He trusted the, the word of God through Jesus Christ. He believed on Jesus, and there were many signs. The Holy Spirit did work through him beyond his own ability. And here I give you an example, but in, in Acts 7, he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, because he was ministering Jesus Christ to the same people that killed Jesus, and he told them, you killed him. And they took up stones. They were so angry with him. They were gnashing their teeth at him. They were so angry and they took up stones to kill him. And as they were throwing stones at him, as they were executing him, he was full of the Holy Ghost. He looked steadfastly up into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Is that possible? Humanly possible? No. That's an ability that was given to him by Holy Spirit. It, the Holy Spirit empowered him to do something beyond his own ability. And in verse 56, this is really what I believe is beyond any human ability. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Down into verse 59. They stoned Stephen calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, he was re received my spirit. He's calling on the name of the Lord. Is that fascinating? No. But here's what is. He kneeled down and he cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. He's asking for forgiveness for the very people that are murdering him. I can't do that. I, I, I would like to think that I can, but man, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and we have people in here who have forgiven people that have done harm to their loved ones. That's supernatural. I don't have that ability. You, you, you mess with one of my kids or my grandkids, man, it's going to take the Holy Spirit to really... I'm, I'm saying, and I'm not a tough guy. I'm not trying to be a tough guy. I'm not trying to betray somebody who's this big tough guy. No, what I'm saying though is, and a lot of you fathers, a lot of you men in here know exactly what I'm saying. It's, it would be very difficult for us to forgive somebody who hurt one of our loved ones. Isn't that so? So we have all of these things, all of what things? We have all of these things that the Holy Spirit does in us, through us, on us. These, these, these not, you know, not the fruit, not the gifts, but something else. These abilities that we have, the ability to understand what the will of God is, the ability to read the word and have it come to our remembrance for us to understand the word. Amen? So let's continue. In Matthew 3, 11 and 12, here's what it says. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay? Not a new scripture. We all know this. But I wanted you to see he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with his unquenchable fire. 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 The Holy Spirit is fire. Why is that important? Well, hopefully by the end of this service, you'll understand. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29, here's what it says. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Right? Okay, picture. We know, most of us know this. You know, they manually separated the wheat 
from the chaff, from the, from the debris, right? They throw it in the air, the wind would take the lighter debris away, and then, you know, that would be collected and, and obviously burned. So this is what Jesus is saying, the garbage, the stuff that's useless, I'm going to burn that, right? But my brothers and sisters, this is the Holy Spirit fire that he's talking about. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. There, th- this, see, I hear and I've heard, and maybe some of you have too, oh, let your fire fall. Yeah, do I want his fire to fall? But see, that doesn't mean what people think it means. When they're asking for the fire to fall, they're asking for the Holy Spirit to fall, and, you know, we're going to see some, the Pentecostal wizardry. And I did say that word wizardry because in a lot of cases, that's exactly what it is. But here's what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters. When we're asking for the fire to fall, we better understand that fire burns. That fire is meant to burn. See, this is a function of the Holy Spirit that the church has forgotten. The Holy Sp- Our God is a consuming fire. He's constantly burning away those things that are unnecessary. Look what it says all, all, in the end. All that is wicked, all that is evil, all that is not of Him will be burned. It will be burned. See, He's not going to end things in the natural realm by flood anymore. He already promised it's going to be burned. He's going to end it all by fire. Those of us who belong to him, we just are made more pure. So the Holy Spirit, God, is a consuming fire. Isaiah 1, 24 and 25 says this, Therefore, the Lord says, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, Ah, I will rid myself of my adversaries and take vengeance on my enemies. I will, does that sound like a loving God? Yeah, he is. He's loving, he's, ten- he's, ju- he's just. He is a loving God. Verse 25, I will turn my hand against you and thoroughly purge away your dross. I will thoroughly purge away your dross and take away all your alloy, all of the garbage, all of the impurities. See, that's what, our God is a consuming fire. He's burning up his enemies, but his children he's making more pure. So now, let the fire fall, Lord. But you better be ready to get burned a little bit. Some of that stuff that we're hanging on to, some of that stuff that maybe we don't want to, we're justifying in our lives. You know, that's why we don't have, man, that's why you're not going to hear a lot of preaching that talks about stuff like this. Why? Because, you know, people are uncomfortable. They don't want to get burned. They draw away from the fire when you get burned, right? That's a natural thing to do. But my brothers and sisters, we're talking about something supernatural. This is supernatural. John 15, 5 and 6 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. God bless you. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. See, this is talking about non-believers. These are people who are not in Christ. But now look what it says Back, I'm going back now a few scriptures in John 15 verses 1 and 2. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So I'm in him, I'm already producing some fruit, and you know what that is. So what he's going to do is prune that. Okay, if he's pruning, what does pruning mean? He's cutting it away. And what's he going to do with it? Burn it. 
Just the fire. How is he pruning it? You know, this is just a figure of speech. This is just, what, what, what's the pruning? The pruning is the Holy Spirit. We ask the fire to fall. The whole, we, man, we better be ready to cut some stuff away. He's looking to burn that garbage off of us, burn that garbage away from us. So we better be ready to, to go ahead and do away with some things. Look at Psalm 66.10. For you, O God, have tested us. You refined us as silver is refined. See, the fire is meant to purify us. But we, but we draw away from it. You know, that kind of preaching or teaching or, or, you know, maybe we are a little uncomfortable about this or that or the other thing. So we'll go someplace else or we'll skip over that just a little bit or we won't pay as much attention to it. But we'll pay attention to the things in the Word of God that are a little bit more pleasant. But my brothers and sisters, then the growth doesn't happen. The growth will not happen. We need to go ahead and let Holy Spirit be Holy Spirit. And not just be the, the Holy Spirit that teaches us, leads us, and guides us. Yeah, He's doing all of that. But in that process of leading us, teaching us, guiding us, bringing to our remembrance what the Word says, He should be fire. He should be burning away the dross. There should be some refining that's going on. Are you with me? Okay. I got to give you this one. Now, some of this will be up, some of it won't. 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again into a living hope. There's that word hope again. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Hallelujah who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Why? That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, it is tested by fire may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This fire, my brothers and sisters, it purifies us. It tests us. It makes sure that our faith is where it needs to be. It grows our faith even. My brothers and sisters, we need the Holy Spirit fire. We need to be purged. We need to be cleansed. We need the dross burned out of our lives. So I've been preaching and praying you know, for, for the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be evident in our lives, in, in this church and, and in our lives as individuals. And I've been praying, as you know, and, and many of you with me, yeah, really since 2012, but more specifically for us, for this congregation, for the gifts and for the manifestations of Holy Spirit to be operating. I want the supernatural. Why? I don't believe, my brothers and sisters, that Pentecost died. I don't believe that that experience was just for a certain group of people. And as I preached to you last week, God is very specific. In, in, in one of our, our verses last week, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, desire spiritual gifts. He's talking about those spiritual manifestations, those supernatural things that Holy Spirit does through us. Again, speaking to things that are beyond our ability. But these things that he blesses us with, that we may be able to glorify Jesus in this cruel, cold, stinky world. Amen? Amen. But no, listen, none of those things, the fruit, the gifts, 
the manifestations, none of that can happen without the fire. See, we're still trying to manufacture things. We're, we're still trying to make some of this stuff happen with a, you know, a, with a great you know, rah-rah, sis-boom, ba, and, and we get the warm and fuzzies. We get a little bit of a chill on the back of our neck or somebody says something and it lines up with the Word of God where we've been that week and it's great and it's good. But then, my brothers and sisters, if we have the Word confirmed in us and we don't do it, that's a problem. See, the Holy Spirit, God, is trying to minister to you. And Holy Spirit is bringing confirmation to you. But now it's up to you to do it. And if you hear something negative about what you're doing or what you're not doing, as it were, and you have a choice to make. Because Holy Spirit, God, is not going to go ahead and grab you by the nap of the neck and He's not going to just toss you and say, there's where I need you to be. He's saying to you, here's where I need you to be. Here's the things that are offensive and here's the things that are blessed. Choose the blessing. Choose the blessing. Amen? Hallelujah. But, but, but see, we, we want all of the... I want the supernatural. And there are many ministers in my position who would say the same thing for their churches, but I don't want it to be manufactured. I don't want it to... It has to be truly supernatural. It truly has to be Holy Spirit of God. And my brothers and sisters, if we're not accepting the fire of God, if we're not allowing God to burn away the dross in us, it will not happen. And if it does, it's phony. It's phony. And I, I, will, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I know you don't either. The burning of way of the impurities, of the trash in our life, puring, purifying us, listen, and keeping us in the love of God. What? Yes, keeping us in the love of God. See, the love of God is not natural to us. You know, we think because we love our wives, we love our kids, you know, we understand what love is. No, the love of God is something way beyond that. But it's something that He has blessed us with. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that we can begin to understand. Why? Holy Spirit gives us the ability to understand it. Come on now. Keeping us in His love. So the modern day church has tried to replace all of that. And you've heard me preach it many, many times. And, you, and last week we really hit hard on it. But now listen to this scripture, please. And please, Holy Spirit, help us. I really try to pay attention to these words. This is God, not Tony. In Jude 17, or beginning in verse 17 through 21, but you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons, not spiritual, opposite of spiritual. These are sensual persons who cause divisions. Look at this now. Not having the Spirit, capital S. Not having Holy Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves, keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So, Tony, please leave that up there for a little while for me. My brothers and sisters, the first thing I need for you to understand, and I, and I think many of you do, so please forgive me if I'm being too, you know, uh, uh, rudimentary here. But he's talking about what's happening in the church. When he's talking about, in the last days there are going to be mockers, uh, who would walk according to their own godly lusts. He's talking about the church. 
He's not talking about out there. He's talking about in the church, there are going to be people who will be mockers. Mockers of what? Mockers of the truth. Mockers of things that are truly spiritual. Who they can't, they, they can't understand it. it. It looks hokey. You know, that Tony, he's a fanatic. No, they're going to mock me. They're going to mock you. If you're living after the truth, if you're living after God, if you're letting Holy Spirit fire prune you. You're letting Holy Spirit guide you. You're walking by the Spirit. People are going to mock you. It's going to happen. They're going to mock me anyway. There's some other quirky things about me that they're going to mock, but I'm going to give them more fuel. You didn't have to laugh at that. But, but, But do you understand? Right? So here's what he's saying, that in the church, there are going to be people who would be following after their own ungodly lusts. They're walking after the senses. They're doing what pleases the flesh. And there are many people in the churches today that think, you know, if, they have, if, if everything's going good, relationships are in order, every, you know, it must be right, it must be God. That's exactly what the Jewish people thought in Jesus' day. That's why if you were rich and stuff, you were holy. Because God was blessing you. That's why someone like Jesus totally did not fit the mold of what they thought a rabbi or a true teacher, the Messiah, should be. They were expecting somebody kingly, somebody princely. They weren't expecting somebody from across the tracks. They weren't expecting... Even, even one of his first disciples said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Do you, anybody remember that besides me? Yes. So now because we have this wow in the churches, you know, and it really it suits us. It makes us feel good about where we are. And we've replaced the, the experience with, of Pentecost with that. We've, expre- we've replaced the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We've replaced the fire with something else. These are sensual persons. Uh, listen, what does that mean? They're walking according to their flesh. They're not walking. They're not, they're, they have no concern with spirit. If it feels good, it satisfies me, it's not hurting anybody, it's okay. Mm, I don't think so. But look at what it says about them. They cause divisions and they don't have the spirit. There are churches and there are congregations and there are teachers and there are ministers all over who do not have the Spirit. How do I know that? That's how I know. And now it's evident. Why? Because you can look at what's important, what the most popular things are about churches, programs and all this other stuff. Instead of, listen, instead of the fire of God. The Holy Spirit burning away the dross, making us more pure, not going ahead and giving us permission to be like the rest of the world, but burning away the dross, changing us, make us more conformed to the image of Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but look, look, but you build yourselves up. How? praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm praying with an ability that I don't have of myself. It's going to be the Spirit praying in me and through me. Hallelujah. 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 And listen, I'm keeping myself in His love. What does that mean? That if I don't do these things, He doesn't love me anymore? No. That's not what that's saying. It's saying that, listen... I'm staying in him, I ha- and, and now I have, a, I have a relationship with him. I understand that love, and I'm able to act in that love. I'm in that love. I'm in that relationship. I have the ability now by Holy Spirit to love Jesus and to love others. I'm not, listen, I, if I'm not spiritual, I can't love that guy that cut me off and flipped me off, could I? Come on, man. Don't try to think you're all holy in church now and don't be honest. You know what? You know that when that person just cut you off the other day or whatever the case may be, you, you, 
You were thinking about it. Some of you may have even said it. Right? But wait, wait. Oh, what are you saying? I'm going to go to hell. No, I'm saying that if we don't have the, it's, if it's, it's by the grace of God, if we don't have Holy Spirit in us, that becomes the norm. That's who we are. That's what we are. We're like everybody else. If you do me wrong, I'm going to wish you wrong. Come on now. Right? If you dis- look, at, look at where we are in this society, in this culture. If we, we can't even disagree with each other without hating each other. If we ever needed Holy Spirit in the churches and everybody, man, we need it now. Amen. Amen? But we're living in the last days. It's going to get worse and worse. That's even more, again, how I know that every word of this is true because it just tell, it tells us. Now, 1 Thessalonians, don't turn here, just listen to me. In 1 Thessalonians 5.19, it says, don't quench the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. No Holy Spirit fire. Watch. That word quench... When you trans, when you look, when you do a word study, it literally means from the Greek. You know, it's like throwing a wet blanket on a fire. If you were, if you were really, if you do that word study, and I hope you do, don't take my word for it. Look it up. That word really, literally means like throwing a wet blanket on fire. Don't quench or don't put out the Holy Spirit fire. Yeah, but I read earlier a little while ago. It says that His fire is unquenchable. That's true. The judgment of God is coming. It's going to happen. There's not anybody or anything that can hold it back. However. In my own life, that fire that he wants to purge me with, he still gives me a choice. He still gives me a choice. Because he's bringing that fire to me. And so now it's up to me to respond. Right? So now in that, I can quench the spirit. He's bringing the fire to me. He's stinging me a little bit. It's burning. So now instead of me changing, I'm just going to go to another church. Or instead of me changing, I'm just going to go ahead and go listen to somebody else. Instead of me changing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip over that page and I'm going to read here. Or I'll take a scripture out of context to try to make it not mean what's burning me. Come on now. Is that ever done? Somebody help me out here. Of course it's done. All the time. That's why we have different denominations, so many different denominations. That's why we have so many different churches. I don't like what he's saying. I'm going to go over here. Somebody got mad at somebody and they went ahead, no, we're not going to preach that way. We're going to preach this way. Hallelujah. No, don't quench the Spirit. So when the Lord is bringing you information, don't get mad at the messenger. Right? I'm I'm not reading your mail, but he is. And so I'm delivering the answer. Come on now, listen. When the Lord is ministering to you, when He's bringing fire to you, don't quench it. Allow Him to purge you. You'll be made so much better. In 1 John 4.13, By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. You see this? When you read your Bible, it's not going to have that underline and that of is not going to be bolded. I did that for a reason. You know what it says? I want you to notice. Notice what it doesn't say. He has given us His Spirit. No, he's saying he's given us of his spirit. What does that mean? (coughs) Excuse me. What he's saying is those things that emanate from him, I'm giving that to you. Those things that are products, those things, the character, those things, the gifts, those things, the fruit, I'm giving those to you. So now let me go back. And I know you love this scripture, Galatians (laughs) 5.22. I can hear that again. I can hear the eyes rolling back in the head. The fruit of the spirit. Capital S, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. My brothers and sisters, if the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, then the fruit 
should be active in our lives. And that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for the fruit to be active in our lives and the gifts also, right? Why? Well, because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and he has given us of, not just given us his Holy Spirit, he's given us all of the benefits, all of the things that happen as a result of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Those things are real to us. Amen? Okay, so then remember also, I quoted it a moment ago, but I'm going to quote it again. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you prophesy. So pursue love, pursue love always. God is love. We can't understand it. We can't pursue love without Holy Spirit and desire spiritual gifts. Now remember, I've, I ministered to you last week, Holy, and some of you may know, there's this, the nine gifts of the Spirit, the nine power gifts, the nine charisma gifts of the Spirit, right? In chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Those are meant for us. But they can't happen, my brothers and sisters, if we're quenching the fire. You, you, you cannot quench the fire and still have the fruit of the Spirit operating in your life. You can't quench the fire of the Holy Spirit and then expect to operate in the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. We need the fire. We need to let the fire do its thing. Amen? There should be no reason why we don't experience the same thing that our brothers and sisters experienced on, at Pentecost. Same God. He never changes. And, he, and the qualification is belief. And if we believe, we receive. If we receive, we receive the chastening, the pruning. These things happen just like he planned for them to happen, just like he's blessed us with. Don't quench the Spirit. Then Ephesians 4.30 says this, Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't, listen, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. How, how do you experience grief? I mean, you, you can relate to that, right? Grief. Let me, let me, listen, hear me. I know the baby's walking around and it's fine. Let him walk. He's fine. But God, God is speaking. Thinking. Listen. Michelle keeps a pretty clean house. I know Rachel does. But here's what I know. Every day, Michelle does a little straightening out. You know, she's cleaning here, cleaning there. But then, you know, every Saturday at least, I mean, she's breaking out the chemicals and she's going after it. She's cleaning restrooms and all that other stuff. She's breaking out the vacuum. What would happen if she stopped doing that? And the, the dirt and the stuff would start to, to, it would get, start to get ugly. It would start to get nasty. Why? Because as a result of living, human beings, I mean, stuff happens. That's just the way it is, right? Let me tell you, that's the way it is in your life spiritually. See, you know, you may think that because you've grown so much or you've come to an area of the Lord and, you know, and you've seen that God has changed things for you and, you, and, and you're not experiencing much negativity in your life. So you're there. There's no such thing as static. Because living in this world, you're picking up dirt. They're, they're, you're, you're picking up some things. But by what you're watching, uh, you, know, you can't say, young people, I'm not picking on you because the older people have just as much. And, and Al, I'm not picking on you guys, but you know, the social media, 
the old people are doing it too. I mean, we pick up the phone. There was a study done, and I just heard some results of it. It was unbelievable. I think somebody helped me out. I mean, it, the number of, uh, of times that people check their social media per day is ridiculous. I couldn't believe how much time they're actually checking it and spending on it, right? But it's not just the young people. It's, it's older people as well. It's very addictive, and they know it is. They, they know it is. They, they've, they've planned it that way. But my brothers and sisters, think about that. So if we're always looking at that stuff, we're always giving ourselves to that. Now, we may not be practicing in that moment what some of the things that we're seeing or hearing or the movies we see, the, the television that we watch, uh, the people that we're around, the people, hey, the people that we're around. So we're getting dirty without us even knowing it. We're getting dirty. So, look, if Michelle, I'm so thankful I got a wife who, who cares about that stuff. And she, you know, she keeps it. Man, it, it's just amazing to me, you know, how different things can be just by her spending that time and doing some extra things, putting a little effort into something, right? Now, that may be an overly simple uh, illustration, but I really don't think it is. To some of you may think that. No, that's true. Let me give you another one. Yesterday, I, was, I, I had so much work to do at the, at the house, and I had planned on this, and then we were going to get, we had the grandkids uh, at our house, and so I was looking forward to going home, getting my work done, and going and get with Michelle and, and go pick up the grandkids and then go shopping and do our, you know, our annual thing. I was looking forward to it. So, and it's been so, and so many of you know, especially the guys that work with me, it's been a rough summer. I mean, it is, it, it's been, the, the workload has been enormous. It's been very stressing. It's been unbelievable. Amen? Can I get an amen from at least you two? It's been rough. It's been rough. It's been rough. So anyway, long story short here, here's what happens. So I, 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 I'm hurry. I'm trying to get out of work as quick as I can. So finally get things wrapped up. I'm going out the entrance. I'm, I'm almost out and I get a phone call from the golf shop. We got a problem out there on uh, hole number such and such. Oh no. So I got to go all, turn around, go all the way back, and now that's eaten into the time. I had this thing planned out. I was going to do this thing. We got to get done. I got so much stuff I need to get done at the house. It's, it's mounting up. The bushes are long. The grass is long. There's weeds. There. I mean, you know, are you with me? Is that life and death? No, but, you know, Michelle's taking care of the inside, so I got to take care of the outside. So anyway, listen, so, so watch. Michelle tried to do me a solid. So she says, okay, she calls me when I'm on my way home. Hey, I tried to surprise you. I started cutting the grass, but the mower is out of gas. <sighs> so now I go home, get the gas can, go back out, buy gas, and go put it in. So now watch. Is that a big thing? Not really. I'm not jogging down here to put gas in the can. However, I got a plan, you see. I got to schedule. the. I got some stuff that's got to go on, man. This is stressful. Come on now. So I go down there, put the gas in there, get chained, get out there, start cutting the grass. Dog's ch dog chasing me, and I'm trying not to run over the dog with the mower. I mean, just, well, right, I mean, come on, man. No, thank God it didn't. So then I'm, I'm stressed, and I'm, you know, oh, gosh. All right, now I got to do this, start trimming the bushes. First, I couldn't get the thing started. Get the thing started. Get the hedge trimmer. Finally get it started. Start trimming the bushes. Michelle says, hey, I got to go. I'm, I'm going to go pick up the kids. You know, aren't you going to get ready? Aren't you? No, let me finish this. You go get the kids. Blah, blah, blah. Her car don't start. So she's got the car in the, dry, in the garage, and the car don't start. It's dead as a doornail. 
So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, now I can't even, thank God for Mitch and Rachel because they, they spoke up and helped give me a couple of tips because I would have never been able to get the car. I took the battery out of the truck. She can't drive my truck. It's a company truck. She's not insured on it. Plus, I, it's been a long time since she drove a manual transmission. She ain't going nowhere. So we had to get the car going. Try to get the car going. Mitch and Rachel gave us a little few tips because they've evidently had some experience. <laughs> anyway, so got the car out, took the battery out of the truck first, tried to jump it with that battery, then couldn't do it. Backed it out, hooked it up, still couldn't do it. Then Michelle says, let me just try something else. And she puts that thing where you're supposed to, you know, when you press the button to start the car, you have to have that electronic thing close by. She stuck it in there, boom, started right up. I said, okay, good. But now go and get the kids. In the meantime, Mitch is on the way to have Mitch. Don't worry. Hey, we got this. Uh, he turns around. He goes back. So I'm saying, oh, okay, now I got to tell him. He could be halfway up here already. There's more stress. He's not going to be mad at me. But there's more stress. God, I don't want to do that. And now here we go. What? She's got the car started. Everything's okay. No, we're way off schedule now. So now I still have all of this work that I have to do. Everything's just breathing down on me. Is it that big of a deal? Yeah, I want to be with my grandkids. I'm tired of working. I'm tired of fighting the fight. I'm tired. All of this stuff always coming down? I don't want this no more. Okay, we got the car started. Better not shut it off. We don't know if it's going to start again. Okay, I'm going to come back. When I come back, you know, be ready to go. I don't think so. I got all this stuff that I got bushes half trimmed. I got stuff all over the ground. And then I go to get the weed eater to go ahead and do the trim work. Line everywhere. Got to take it apart. Try. Are you feeling me? You ever have just one of those days? One of those months? But see, again, I understand, and I'm not trying to be silly. I know this isn't life or death. This is everyday stuff, though. It doesn't have to be life or death. This is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't have to be life or death. This is the stress of living every day. So then Michelle goes. She comes back. She's got uh, Dominic and Isabella. You ready to go? <laughs> I Believe me, I did not look like I was ready to go. Neither did the yard look like I was. No! It's getting to me now. No! I still got, well, what are you going to do? You need to come back. I'll be ready when I'm ready. But the stress and the pressure now is grinding me. And Are you with me? So now I'm trying to do all this, man. And you know what? That whole time, do you think that um, God wasn't speaking to me? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't say that. So I'm in the yard, I'm doing the yard work, you see. And I have a pastor living next door to me. He's a nice guy. He, him and his wife are driving. They went out for their Saturday. They're doing their thing. Now he comes back. And that's the other thing. I know I got to finish this message. That's breathing down on me. So I shouldn't be doing all this. I got to spend time with the grandkids. Plus I got to finish this message. What? There's that pastor. He's probably already got his message done. He stops right in front of my house. A nice guy. Hey, Tommy. <laughs> hey, how you doing, Pastor? He says, hey, you're working way too hard. I said, yeah, don't I know it. I said, working way too hard for an old guy, but Michelle's smart. Because if I tell her I'm working way too hard for an old guy, she'll just tell me, you're not old. Translation, keep working. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
yeah, I'm working way too hard for an old guy. Hey, hey, then my neighbor from across the street, him and his wife are getting ready to go out. I know they don't got grandkids. They're too young. But, man, they're going out. They're going to do something, right? Tony, hey, man, you're working hard. Isn't that something, Tony? As hard as you're working, next week you're going to have to do it again. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Why am I doing Come on now. Are you, are you feeling me? Is this tracking with you? Yeah, I know this isn't life or death again, but this is stress. This is pressing. This is, and you know what it really speaks to? I didn't want to do that. I don't want to be there. I want to be with my grandkids. I want to be with my family. I'm tired of being worked all the time, every day, every day, every day. I'm getting tired. I'm getting frustrated. And the fire of God purges me just a little bit. But here's the thing. There's a couple of things here. Just like Michelle having to clean the house. Man, that grass is going to grow. That work needs to be done. And if I stop, it's not stopping. My brothers and sisters, you're living in this cruel, cold, stinky world. This world is, is not the way God intended it. He leased it to Adam, and Adam let it go to the enemy. So the enemy is now the prince in the power of the air. So we can live according to him, or we can live according to the Spirit of God. What are you doing? Who are you living for? Where are you working? Come on out. Where are you walking? Is the fire of God burning you a little bit right now? Come on. Let it burn you. Let it purge you. Let it clean you. I need, I, it's burning me. It's cleaning me. I'm almost done, so just hang with me just five more minutes, I think. Second Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. So, so now watch. <clears throat> we can quench it, quench the Holy Spirit, throw the wet blanket on it, but you ever, you know what, I, I've got a burn barrel in my yard. And, you know, so I'll throw like the, the, when I trim trees and branches and stuff, I'll burn it in the burn barrel. You know what I've noticed? Sometimes as the fire is going out, if I stir it up, what happens? It reignites. I'm getting oxygen down in there. I'm, I'm doing, so, so think about that. So now this is the opposite of quenching the Holy Spirit. The opposite. What's the opposite? Stir it up. How am I going to stir it up? Well, I'm going to get around you guys. I, I'm going to do what the Lord has called me to do. He's called me to preach and teach. Man, that stirs me up. That fires me up. When I'm preaching and ministering, he's ministering to me. This word is just as much for me as it's for you. And, 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 and when I'm saying it now, I've got to hold myself accountable because I don't want to be disqualified. As the Apostle Paul says, listen, I've got to do what I'm saying because I will be disqualified if I'm not doing what I'm preaching to you. So I've got to do this too. This is ministering to me. Hallelujah. I want the Holy Spirit to burn. I want the Holy Spirit to burn the impurities out of me. I want to listen. I want to hear his voice. I want to keep stirred up. I'm going to get with you. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to have fellowship with all the saints. Proverbs 17.3 The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. The Lord... I could put on a show. I could put on a show. You know, I can be everything. But see, what the Lord is concerned. See, see, here, here, here's what which you know, and some of you may not. No matter how good that I think I am, and no matter how well I am behaving, the Lord knows what happens on the inside here and here. What do you mean by that, Tony? Well, have you ever, you may have not have committed adultery on your wife, but have you ever lusted after a woman? 
Have you ever lusted after a man? Listen, wait. You're not married, but you had a strong inclination. You, you know what I'm talking about. You've desired. Have you ever done that? Have you ever said, have you, have you, have that, has that occupied your mind? Has, has anything like that? You know what? You're doing without something, and you thought, well, you know what? If I take that, no one's going to know. But you didn't take it. Your conscience got the best of you. You know what God says? The fact that you did that in your heart is sin enough. See, so we may think that we're good because we haven't acted out on what we think. Right? Come on. Please bear with me here. We haven't acted out on what we think or what we feel in our hearts. But God is saying, I need to change your heart. So look, we're sinners. No matter how good we've been or no matter what we think, without Him, we, without him we're, we're doomed. Without Him, we're doomed. We need Him to change us on the inside, not just so that we're into behavior modification, but that our thinking changes and our, our heart changes. And then we're acting out on our heart, not just acting out to just prove that we're religious or just acting out to prove that we're just a good guy or we're going to try and earn favor with somebody and all that other stuff. See, the Holy Spirit's not a manipulator. The Holy Spirit's not trying to gain favor with you. He's trying to purge you, clean you, refine you so that you can glorify God. I'm going to share one thing with you and then we're going to be done. How many of you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Remember in the Old Testament in Daniel, right? Okay, now in Daniel, uh, we, in chapter 3, we know um, Nebuchadnezzar, he's, he's just totally enamored with himself, totally loves himself. He's God, he's king, he's all powerful. All, so he raises, he makes a statue of himself, you know, 90 feet wide and, and, I'm sorry, 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. And he commands all of the satraps, all of, the, all of his commanders, all of his princes, all, of, all over that area. So when you hear the sound, everybody is to bow and worship that idol. I want to show you something because I really, hang with me just a second here. So now we know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow. And then there was those people who, again, brought that information to the king. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, verse 19 of chapter 3, an expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because prior to that, they were great. He spoke and commanded that they uh, heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Come on now. <clears throat> and cast him in the fiery furnace. These men were bound in their clothes, in their coats, their trousers, their tur turbans, and their other garments, their outer, outer garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Prior to them being thrown into that furnace and for it being heated seven times hotter than it normally is, the king gave them, hey, I'll play it again. You get bow down. So you could do that, but we're not going to bow. You could do that, but we're not going to bow. See, here's the thing. I'm going to play the music. I'm going to have all the pomp and circumstance. And in that, you're going to worship. You tracking? I'm going to play the music. I'm going to get you excited. I'm going to put you in the mood. I'm going to go ahead and play the music and then we're going to worship. Sound familiar? See, there's a lot of worshiping going on, but it's an idol. It ain't the true and living God because if it was the true and living God, there'd be some purging going on. 
there'd be some holy, separated, righteous living going on. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, I know that that's not... So now what happens? King, you can do that, and our God is able to save us, but even if he doesn't, we ain't bound. We ain't worshiping to your music. We're not going to go ahead and, listen, we're not going to go ahead and march to the beat of your drum because the only drum beat that I march to is Holy Spirit. Right? Come on. That's what they're saying. We ain't going to, listen, we'll be respectful. They were respectful. They served the king. But when they're that, that line, you're going to worship like I tell you. You're going to worship this way. No. Here's how we're going to worship. Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So they listen. So now watch. They get thrown into the fire. Right? Thrown into the fire. King Nebuchadnezzar is looking. He said, look, didn't we throw three men into the fire? Yes, king. But now there's four. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. He, did he see the Son of God? No. He was, he, was, he was prophesying. Jesus was in the middle of that fire with them. Why? Because they had co consecrated their lives. They were now watch. They were no longer bound. Get them out of there. Get them out of there. So he calls them out and now the king makes a different decree. <laughs> we're going to worship that God because he alone has the power to deliver. Why? Because the guys that threw them in were burned up. They were killed. They didn't get in, but the furnace was so hot. You know the story. You heard this since you were knee-high to a grasshopper. That furnace was so hot, the guys that threw them in were burned up. They went in. Their hair wasn't singed. Their clothes didn't smell like smoke. Nothing was burned except what was binding them. Come on now. See, now look, we can go ahead, we can go ahead and we can be bound with the things that they want us bound with. We can come to church, you can go to church and stay bound. How? Well, because I'm not prepared, I'm not being purged out there. They're trying to purge me in here. And I can't be purged in here because the Holy Ghost is the fire. I'm not going to go ahead and dance to their fire. I'm not going to go ahead and try to purge myself with their fire. The Holy Ghost is the fire that purges. Come on now. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. These stories are awesome. Do you know why they're awesome? Some of you may not think so. I know they really happened. They happened. And the Bible, again, tells us these things are for our example. What happened to them is for our example. And it's like I said to you earlier, if the Holy Spirit of God was getting on those people in the Old Testament and they were doing marvelous, wonderful, powerful, supernatural things, how much more should we expect the supernatural to happen in our lives? Well, why is it not? Let's let him purge us because he'll do it again. Do we have that song? Do we, can I get the praise team to come up? Somebody get Michelle. Can I get the praise team to come up?